0: Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. Glad you're here with us today. And I'm excited for today's guest because he's not only someone that I think has a great story for you all to hear, but he's someone that I connected with many, many years ago on the interwebs. And uh, over time, you know, people come and go and we connect and lose connections and all of that. And we've just recently reconnected and I'm just excited to see that his journey continues, and I'm, I'm excited for you to hear it today. So my guest today is Richard Widmark Jr. Richard, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're if, For people who are, are not listening to this chronologically, we are in the midst of the coronavirus quarantine-ish status here in the U.S., so you know where it's th- it's nice to have another human being to talk to you today, so I don't know if this will end up being like a six-hour episode just to, you know, fill the space. But hopefully not, you know, at least for you, because I'm sure listening to me talk for that long would be boring for everyone. But we will, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of go through things today, man. And, and I'm going to start off the way we start off every episode here, and that's by asking you the first question. Tell us, Richard, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum?
1: What qualifies me? Well, I am a fat guy and I am, uh, on my journey to lose weight. Uh, I've been, uh, big my entire life. Uh, ever since I was a child, you know, uh, our, our family was not good at coping. So we learned how to eat big and eat everything on your plate and then have some dessert. And then maybe some extra uh, if you still feel full. Uh, so throughout school, you know, uh, I was bullied. Uh, ironically, in middle school, I was a bully because I was the biggest kid in the school. And then as soon as I got to high school, that flipped all around and I became bullied. And uh, I actually dropped out of high school in my 10th grade year. Uh, I was around 400 pounds at the time and, uh, my parents told me you're either going back to school or getting a job. So I went into the workforce and my very first job was at carpool washing cars and, uh, it went well. I, I, for my size, I could move really well. Um, very flexible, been flexible all my life. Um. And ever since like my first job, every job I've had except one has been labor intensive. And I think that that helped me, uh, be able to get to the age I'm at now, which is 43, uh, from going from 400 up to 670 pounds, uh, around 2007, I was 670 pounds. I had to get my gallbladder taken out and my surgeon told me, Hey, you're not going to make it to C35. You got to get weight loss surgery. I actually got in the process of weight loss surgery back then. And two weeks before my surgery date, my insurance changed and they did not approve the surgery. So that just, <laughs> you know, spun me into depression. Um, and at, th- and at that time, uh, the surgery would have been a gastric bypass. So from 2007, uh, basically, make a long story short, from 2007 to 2015, I gained and lost, gained and lost, over and over, hundred pounds here, gained hundred and twenty back. You know, you know how it is. It's the yo-yo, and uh, I never, I never got into the mental health aspect of why I was overweight. Uh, I think that, you know, being overweight is a it's not really like a food issue it's a it's a mental health issue that that was my way of coping with things and that was the way that i learned and then i guess in 2015 i decided i kind of had enough and i started doing yoga and uh, things were going really well uh and, and February 2015, uh, I got back up to 670 pounds again um, when I started yoga. And then I dropped, I don't remember, like 40 or 50 pounds within like the first two months of uh, doing yoga. And then I had like a, a picture of me in a yoga pose go viral.
0: Yeah, and I remember
1: that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's probably when me and you hooked up, I guess, around 2015 is when when, you know, I kind of started putting my story out there online. And um, it was awesome. Uh, I was on, like, I was in local newspapers. People online did a story on me. I was on the Nancy Gray show, which was really weird. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it was wonderful. I thought, like, you know, everything was changing at that point. And I actually, it kind of flipped on me then as well because I couldn't take the pressure of a a viral post and like having thousands of messages a day and like I'm the type of person where I feel like I have to respond to every single comment and it just got got really overwhelming and I at this point I still hadn't addressed the mental health issue and everything just came crashing down Uh, I stopped going to yoga I started personal training at a gym uh a lot of bro lifting went on uh to the point where i had a a couple injuries this is like 2016 now i had a few injuries messed up my shoulder messed up my back um and the weight loss surgery was still in the back of my head but at this point i was like okay I, i think i can do this on my own and then in 2017 I, early 2017, I had a, a pretty bad mental breakdown. Uh, I got into depression again. I was back up over 600 pounds and I reached out to uh, somebody I knew through the yoga community who happened to also be a uh, counselor uh, that deals with food addictions. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, like I need to be locked up somewhere because I do not feel safe at all. Uh, I was suicidal, um, and she was like, you know, I will look into it. Insurance-wise, it's really hard getting into a place like that. You know, if it was a drug problem or alcohol problem, no problem. I, I could, you know, the next day, I would be in a treatment facility. But with food, it's totally different. Uh, it's not it's not looked at the same. Uh, you get the whole, like, you know, oh, you're lazy. Uh, you know, just stop eating so much and just go and exercise, like, you know, it's, it's something easy to do. I mean, it's an addiction. And, uh, so I started therapy, uh, in 2016, uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. This is 2017. Yeah, cause it's almost three years now. 2017. I started therapy. Um, I've been going on a weekly basis pretty much every week for the last couple years. Uh, it's been great. And then in April of 2017, I decided, all right, I'm going to get in the process of weight loss surgery. That way the option will be there, but I can do this on my own. So I saw the doctor in April. Uh, at this time, I was 552 pounds, somewhere around there. So I got to be accurate. <laughs> And, <laughs> and, it's uh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And, you know, things, you know, slowly progressed, uh, with them. Uh, I did all my, my, the program, like for my insurance, I had to go to like nutritional meetings for four months and show that I've been on a diet, like medically supervised, which I've done every diet under the sun. And I, I was on a, re- a really good roll and I, I got down. I probably lost another 25, 30 pounds, uh, in that time. And then winter came and winter is always the worst time for me. I, I definitely think I might have seasonal depression. Uh, me and Cole just do not get along anymore. Uh, gained weight, got back up over to 600. And like soon as that happened, I was like, I am never, I'm never getting over, like I'm getting under 600 and I will never see that number again. And this was 2018 now, and I lost started losing weight again, and it was just you know up and down, up and down throughout the year. Uh, by the end of 2018, uh, I had had a surgery scheduled once, and I backed out because I wasn't ready. Uh, I was actually terrified of getting the surgery, and then I my weight has started creeping back in on me. So by the beginning of 2019, I was back up to 550 pounds. And again, like that 600 number was in the back of my head. I was like, I can't, I can't get back to that. I have to like start doing more. So I started walking. Uh, at the beginning, I could only walk a mile. It was like the longest and w- would kill me. Uh, and from January until May, uh, I was walking once, twice, three times a week, you know, slowly but surely. And then in May, I started doing 5Ks. I did my very first 5K. Um, and then I kind of got hooked. And I did like three 5K, like virtual 5Ks in a week. Which... At the time, I was still 550 pounds. My body was like, uh, "I, you know, no, <laughs> this isn't happening." So uh, I had a bike that I bought in 2015 that I had never ridden. So I was like, "Oh well, let me start riding the bike." And again, the bike started with a mile, which damn near killed me. And within three weeks, I was riding 10 miles at a time, and the very last time i rode my bike was for 10 miles i got in my car was driving back and i was like man my, my back kind of hurts by 3 days later i had to go to the er because the back pain was so severe they did nothing for me they they just you know gave me a shot and basically treated me like you know i was uh, looking for pain meds which i walked in and was like i don't need pain meds i need to know what's wrong with my back uh, a week after my bike ride couldn't walk like uh, 20 feet was literally like it took everything in me to go to the bathroom was I was in tears. it hurt so I've never experienced pain that bad in my life and I've had kidney stones before. So this was like the most intense pain I've ever had. I basically laid in bed for a month. With only getting up to go to the bathroom, and you know, getting to the door to to get the takeout food that I ordered, um, so that again spun me into depression. My weight started climbing back up, and just being you know physically not being able to do anything that doesn't help any with uh you know weight loss either. So uh, things got better slowly but surely. Uh, late, uh, late 2019, uh, my back was probably about 80% better. Uh, and then I started walking again and again, the back went out so bad to a point where I just, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I put an entire bottle of pain meds in my hand. And was ready to just swallow them because the, the pain, I've just, I don't wish like the pain that I had on anybody. That was the worst. So instead I put, I was like, okay, man, like we, we can't do this. I called my doctor. They got me into a rehab facility. I was in rehab for 12 days, uh, which at the time of going into rehab again, like I couldn't walk 30 feet uh, without like being in tears from excruciating pain. Uh, we did some pain management. Finally, got to the pain level good enough where I could walk. Uh, Twelve days later, I was out of rehab. I could walk maybe a quarter of a mile at that time. And at this point, I was like, "I've I've had enough. Like this is this is the point where something drastic has to happen, and I need to get this weight loss surgery." So I actually while i was in rehab they were able to get me over to go see my surgeon i saw him uh i was 510 pounds and he needed me to get under 500 because he wanted me to get a procedure to get a a uh, ivc filter which is like a, a clot filter that goes in uh, your main vein of your body to prevent clots cuz he had he had known about, you know, my being sedentary and my back pain and he didn't want, you know, the risk of me getting clots. So within the, like 2 weeks I lost that weight. He called, gave me a date of December 9th for surgery. The week before, I got the filter put in, which I actually was 505 pounds. They just didn't weigh me before, thank God. <laughs> um and then the day of surgery, I was uh, 501 2.2 pounds and I fully went into the surgery expecting to die. I was not expecting to wake up from it. Um, but I did, I woke up and that moment, like I knew my life was going to be changed forever. And since December 9th, I have lost uh, 89 pounds. Uh, from the surgery, uh, I haven't officially done another 5K yet, but I did walk uh, a 5K two weeks ago, so I'm back to walking every day, and I, I actually did ride my bike yesterday for one mile, and that was, uh, it was a lot of anxiety with that and getting back on the bike, uh, you know, knowing what happened last year. So I made that long I, story long.
0: No, no, it's good, man. Like I, I think, and and what I and, and so I, I think there's just so much there, like in terms of showing one. I, I think something that someone who just listens to this right now is going to realize, you know, that it, as much as you've had different challenges thrown your way, like you're you're a survivor, man. Like your your body has seen a lot. Your body has seen a lot, you know, but you're still here. You're still alive and you're still fighting. And I think that that's awesome, man. And I, I think you hit on some things like I, there's because there's so many things like it's, it's funny because getting ready to talk to you today. I'm like, I, I remember because I think you and I even were were connected before uh, your yoga picture went viral. Like I remember back in the days we were talking, you know, where you were you, you used to go through a lot where you were exploring veganism and, you know, it you know had a lot going on there, and there were times where you would kind of move away from and towards, and you know, and have people come at you, and like it just, I just remember being like, wow, he's like on the you know on the forefront of, of getting hammered a lot by people for for different things, and then you put yourself out there like that. I mean, the yoga picture, which you know people can find if they want to, they want to track that down. Like there was something kind of incredibly powerful about that moment, and. I remember, you know, what it was like for you after that with just the sheer of volume of, you know, contact and response and all of that. And I think that being overwhelming is is natural because you, you hit on something in the, the core of your story that I, I think is something that we don't talk about a lot. And I think you said the same thing to me in your bio. Like, we don't talk about the fact that for especially – like, here, here's, like, one of the things I've come to learn, I, I, I think, from all the different people I've talked to on this show, like, when someone is dealing with, a, for the most part, like, someone can have a minor weight issue that has to do with their relationship strictly with food. You know, I think that is something that I've definitely seen at play for people. But it's when I see someone that is dealing with, you know, a massive weight issue that has impacted their life and changed the way they've existed as a person, there's, there's the relationship to food can be a part of it, but there's usually so much more going on. And like you said, you know, eating became something else. And I think that's something that really is going to, should resonate for a lot of people out there that like, we develop these strategies around food. We find reasons to use food. It's like, I, I get people on Instagram all the time that ask me like, what foods do I think are good foods? And what foods do I think are bad foods? (laughs) <laughs> and I I I feel like I've I've come around to this place where I'm like, we have to stop thinking about food as personified, you know. Right. There is food is inherent is not inherently good or evil. It's what we do with the food and yes. why we're using the food. I think that comes into play, you know, as the bigger question that people don't want to ask. It's easier to say cupcakes are evil, so I'll stay away from cupcakes. Right then, saying. I'm using cupcakes to deal with pain that I've never dealt with. You know, I'm using, I'm using cupcakes to hide from something. I'm using cupcakes. You know, what, why am I using this? Like, and, and when I say this, I get some people that are like, well, you know, there's companies out there that are manufacturing foods that are hyper palatable and they want you to eat more (laughs) of them. And I'm like, yes, yes. yes, All of that does exist, but that's not what I'm talking. Like that's 90% of consumer culture. You know, that right there is 90 percent of consumer culture. What I'm talking about is the 10 percent of us or whatever percentage it is, you know, that have gotten ourselves so deep into food, you know, that we're 500, 600 pounds. You know, we escape it and come back to it and escape it and come back to it and consistently think that it is just about finding the right diet. You know, it's just about finding it's just about finding the right eating plan and everything else will fall into place and i think that's another coping mechanism you know finding finding the right strategy is another coping mechanism because you still don't want to address what's at the core of everything that's happening for you you know and i think for some people they work through that on their own and some people you know it's a great idea to work through it with someone else someone who's professionally trained to listen and and help you kind of do that do that digging and i think it's great to hear that you you know have got you know realize for yourself, wait a minute, you know, there's something going on here that, you know, you had that moment where you reached out, like you said, you, it, you were in, you wouldn't wish on anyone else. And I can't tell you the number of people, the number of guys that I've talked to that have said, you know, they reached that point where I, I just wish I could be locked away. You know, I could, you know, I need some, I need someone to take this control away from me. And so what I would like us, if you're okay, talking about it for a few minutes, like, let's, Go into the process of like what it was like to realize that you did need someone else's help, you know, to to, to start unpacking all of this and to dive into these issues. Like what was that like for you?
1: Oof. Um, you know, for my entire life, I've pretty much been uh, a lone wolf, so to say, like, you know, uh, growing up. We, there were some family dynamics where, you know, my sister had some mental health issues and so the focus had to be on her to help get her better. And I was kind of, you know, tossed to the side. Um, so at, I learned at a really young age, like, okay, like I have to be, I have to do this on my own. Nobody's going to help me. And that got ingrained so much into my mind that to ask for help was like really foreign. And it made me feel like a lesser of a person like, Oh, you're, you're just not strong enough. Like you're a loser. You don't need anybody's help. Um, and then, you know, I think from the process of, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned all the the vegan stuff. I totally forgot about all that. Uh, from, the, from the process of like, you know, dieting and having people in my corner offering support, me turning the support down, you know, having that happen over and over and over. That I think it like chipped away, it slowly chipped away me being able to be vulnerable enough. And, and I think when the yoga picture went viral. And me wanting to reach out and reply to everybody, I think that also like broke down another wall of me being able to put myself out into the world saying, hey, look, this is me. And there were, of course, there were some haters, but there was far more people who were in my corner supporting. And I was like, wow, like people actually like me, which is really weird because, you know, I didn't like myself. So. For to people like to say, "Oh man, we we love you. Like we're here to help," and it was just like, "Wow!" And then you know, I, I, in twenty seventeen, and oh, I'm sorry, in two thousand seven, I did also attempt to kill myself. Uh, I didn't reach out for help. Uh, you know, I put a gun to my head, pulled the trigger, and the, and the gun didn't go off. Uh, thank God. And I think when. I got to that point of like, I need to be locked away. Like, like an animal. I, I, I knew like, okay, like I'm getting ready to cross the threshold here of like either, you know, as the movie in Shane, get busy living or get busy dying. Like I was getting ready to cr- cross that threshold. And I was like, okay, I know this person. Let me reach out to her. This is specifically what she deals with. This isn't just, you know, somebody on the internet giving advice that has no qualifications. Like she's been to school and she knows, and, and she's also had an eating disorder. So that helps as well because now I can relate to her. And it, 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 that's all it was. I just sent a message and I had to beat that anxiety of like, Oh my God, what is she going to say? Like, is she going to like call me a name or like, is she going to be accepting? It, it was a lot of anxiety going through that. And I just had to go, okay do i want to live or do i want to die i kind of i kind of want to die but i think i want to live more <laughs> so I, I that was it i just had to reach out and uh yeah i mean that that was the process i just i
0: had to make the decision and, and do it and i think that makes sense and what and and i don't you don't necess, you don't have to like kind of go into like your you know specific details of what you shared you know your first session or anything along those lines but like I'm just wondering if you could because I'm sure there's someone out there listening who feels like they're in a similar place, but they're they're overwhelmed by what it even means to talk to someone. You know, what what does it mean to talk to a counselor or a therapist? Like, can you, from your perspective, share with people what it was like getting into that, you know, getting into that process? Oh, wow. (laughs) It was tough in the beginning. It was very
1: tough. And and it. It's funny because, you know, I've been in there for almost three years now and it hasn't been until maybe the last six or seven months where I've had some really amazing breakthroughs because I won't lie to you, man, for the first year of going to therapy, I lied a lot. There was a lot of, there was a lot of lying involved. I wasn't being truthful with her. I wasn't being truthful with myself. So, like, it was, it was kind of, like, easy to open parts that weren't truthful. Uh, and it, it's just, it's like anything else. It's practice. Like, you have to build a relationship with your therapist that you can trust them and know that they're not going to turn their back on you. And, and I've been to therapists before, like, literally three or four sessions, and I'm like, nah, this ain't the one just because like the, the trust isn't there. So you, you gotta, you have to trust yourself and being able to open up and knowing like, Hey, this is a professional. Like she could lose her licensing if, you know, she goes out and blaps at the world about what I'm in here talking about. So, so that kind of helps. And then, you know, you just, you just have to like find the right person. If it takes you, you know, eight, nine different, Therapist, that's just what you have to do. But uh, I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't change it one single bit because it's allowed me to like see my progress. Even though I go in there a lot and I'm like, eh, you know, I haven't really progressed much. Like I feel like you know it should be faster than this, or you know. But we're talking about you know forty years of feeling a certain way and and chasing. Well, I guess not forty. I don't count when I'm a kid, but you know, of, of feeling a certain way and, and chasing a thing. So to expect it's going to change overnight, it's kind of ridiculous. And I have that, I had that same relationship with diets. It's like, Oh, let me, let me try this raw vegan diet, you know, in two months. Oh, I'll lose, you know, two, 300 pounds. Well, come on, man. Like it took years and years and years to gain that two, 300 pounds. So that would just, you know, that's, I kind of felt the same with that and, and I just had to build the trust with her and once I started slowly opening small little pieces here and there and getting her reaction to them I was like okay I can open up more and I, I can actually let myself be way more vulnerable than I've ever been in my life and speak about things that I haven't spoke to about anybody and and it's just a it's a it's a It became a space for me to just just let it all out. Whatever came out, like we never, she has me fill a form out every uh, session in the beginning. And it's like, what would you like to talk about today? And, you know, what's going on? And I never fill that part out because I just want to like let things naturally come up. And we've talked about everything under the sun. And some days it's good to like not talk so much about myself maybe things going on in the world I mean we've had sessions like that as well just to kind of like ease in to to building that trust more and and being able to open up more about myself
0: I think that makes sense that there needed to be like almost like an organic growth process with you getting into this like it it couldn't just be something where you go from all or nothing you know from from zero to 100 right away you know and and be ready to to get to those points you know where you're sharing more of what is actually happening for you and being able to almost build that self-awareness that you need to be able to to see the growth that's actually happening you know it's it's easy it's easy to stay on the inside and not see it but like allowing yourself to get that perspective i think is is really smart man and and i you hit on something i was immediately thinking when you're talking i'm like your your approach to this also Seems to or the approach a lot of us take to dieting. You know, we want it to be something that's quick, but in the end, when we figure out how to see it as more of a process and as a journey, is when we see more lasting, you know, sustainable results because we're actually kind of in it instead of just trying to use it. So I think that makes a, that makes a lot of sense, man. And I'm so some of the questions that pop up for me are things that like I'm not sure. You know, even if it's something that you'll you'll have an answer for yet, but I'm just. Wondering, like, <laughs> yeah, well, because I, I think like there's, there's a, there's a, there's a death to this, this process that we all go through with our weight loss, and I feel like I could say, you know, so, you know, Richard, tell me, tell me exactly what you ate to lose the first, you know, 170 pounds before you had the surgery, and like, tell me what you're eating right now, and like, for some people that would be helpful, but like you and I both know, like, we could then go into, well, tell me what you were eating the first time you got under 600 pounds, and tell me what you were eating the second time you went under 600 pounds, like. I feel like there's more, you know, to to what my time with you than just exactly what's on your plate, and maybe we can have time to get to that stuff. But what what I'm curious, like one of the things that I'm curious about, like I've been trying to ask more people about, you know, and I think you you're at a place where you've been doing a lot of self reflection and kind of working on yourself. Like, what do you have you started to, you know, think about? Like, what do you think brought you? to get as heavy as you were, like, what do you think brought you in your life to get over 600 pounds?
1: Um, I, I, you know, I said earlier, I I never learned how to cope in a, in a, uh, you know, productive manner. Uh, it was taught. I learned it from my parents to eat and, you know, they learned it from their parents to eat. It's definitely passed down and food was always there for it was the one constant in my life that i could always always depend on you, you know i've had many people come and go in my life but food drive-thrus oh man they'll always be there and 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 let's be honest man a cup ta- a cupcake tastes really good like <laughs> it's delicious but you know it's not it, it's it's only fulfilling that temporary pleasure um and and i think that's you know the food gave me pleasure so i wanted more i had to get more so you know uh i'm not really the scientific kind of person but i have done like a, a little research on dopamine and you know if you if you keep on you know, giving your body you have that dopamine response, you you need it more. You need more. So instead of, you know, a half a pizza, now I'm eating a pizza. Now I'm eating a pizza and wings. Now I'm eating a pizza, wings, and breadsticks. Like to get that same dopamine reaction. And uh, you know, so so what's the you know the best things to give you dopamine reaction? Fat and sugar. I mean, fat maybe not as much as sugar, but those are the the two ingredients that, you know, really give you that like pleasure response. So, so, and what's fast food, man? I mean, that's exactly what fast food is. It's, it's fat and sugar. I mean, they know what they're doing and, uh, yeah. So, so it was just, I, I never learned how to cope. Um, I was in a very, a place of pity me. Like I, I would project to the world. Oh, don't pity me. Like, I don't want your pity, but that's really what I want. I just craved I craved a connection with someone, uh, whoever it be, you know, so bad that, you know, I would, uh, I would, uh, I would have a lot of bad relationships in my life with people. Um, and that also helped like, you know, spin me into depression and, I don't know, I'm like going off on a tangent right, it's okay. about something else. But <laughs> but uh but yeah, like that would like spin me off on a tangent of like dropping in a depression and then again, when you're depressed, what's there for you? But for me, it was food. That was it. That's just all I knew how to use to cope with. Like, you know, watching T V doesn't do it, playing video games doesn't do it, like You know, drugs, I've experimented with some drugs that that never gave me the same thing as food. And I think because of my relationship with food since I was a a young child, like that was just ingrained.
0: in me. What are you learning now? Like, so how are you learning? Like, how would you just there's two questions. So first, I would say, like, how do you how do you describe your relationship with food now? Whoa. <laughs> I I it's a it's an
1: interesting relationship I had with food now. It's um it's not I don't eat so much now for pleasure. Like I I've, I've kind of I've broke that habit. You know, luckily the surgery helped me break that habit. Um and I just, I just look at it different now because I'm only, you know, I'm only eating 900 calories a day at the most. And I need to make those 900 calories count. And, and, and with this, they want you to get like a lot of protein. So, you know, you, you can't have, but so much stuff, uh, you know, dare I say like junk food, but it's just, it, it, the certain food just no longer serves, uh, the same purpose it did in my life now like i've i've come to a point where i'm like okay i'm i am still somebody without food like i with this relationship i have with food like i i'm i'm something different than that now like before it was like oh richard the fat guy like you know now now it's like no it's just richard (laughs) so i mean even though i'm you know still 400 and you know 15 pounds whatever i am um i'm i'm just my relationship has changed with food i i don't i don't seek out food to comfort me or pleasure me i seek out the food now
0: to provide the the proper nutrients i i think that makes complete sense and I'm not on the flip side of that, but tangential to it, like you, you talked about how you were, you were taught, you know, food became this, the mechanism for coping with challenges in your life and stress and emotion and everything, you know, that life is still going to throw things your way. So what, what are you learning about other coping skills? Like, what are you learning about, like, how to, what ways to take care of yourself that don't involve, you know, turning, turning to food which is, you know, a destructive coping mechanism.
1: Uh, so through through therapy, uh, this this has helped me tremendously. Just stop. Stop. Take some breaths. Take some really deep breaths. And just sit with the feelings. Like, I never wanted to sit with my feelings. I was scared of my feelings. And I'm still scared of some feelings uh but i i just i slow down and i take a breath and i go okay in this moment if i don't have this cupcake i'm not going to die if i do have the cupcake maybe i i, I could die if if i go down that road and 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 it and it's kind of like um It's some black and white thinking there with me, which is one of my huge things that I've also dealt with in therapy, very black and white thinking. But it's just like, okay, pause, feel that anxiety. What does it feel like? Like exactly what does it feel like? What do you feel in your body? How is your breath? Like is notice any like tingling in your body or tenseness in your body. And by the time you do that for like five, 10 minutes, Like it kind of starts going away once you really start paying attention, at least for me, once, you know, I started paying attention to like, oh, my God, what does this feel like? What does this feel like? I can't run. Deal with it. Don't run from it. You've ran all your life. Don't run. No, you know, don't run anymore. And and that has been a huge part of of getting this and and actually preparing me for this surgery as well, which I didn't even think. I was being prepared for surgery and like the after of like eating um, is just slow down, <laughs> slow down, take a break. Like if you want the cupcake after 10 minutes, cool or, or whatever it is you're craving, that's fine. But like at least slow down and just breathe a little bit and actually feel those emotions that, you know, for me, I held down with food for so long in my life.
0: That's that's a fantastic insight that I I, I know for me, it's, it's funny because for for decades, I would say like people would ask me if they I thought I had emotional problems with food. You know, were you, are you an emotional eater? And my response was always, mm-hmm. no, I'm not like I don't eat. Right. I don't eat to respond <laughs> to emotion. And what right. I and what I've realized on this journey is. I was an emotional eater, but I ate to numb my emotions all the time so it wasn't yep. it wasn't just that i got upset and i would eat it was i didn't let myself get upset in the first place because i was eating constantly you know i was constantly yeah. keeping that you know the the dopamine response and like all of those things going but also just that was where my direction and my focus could go so i didn't have to think about anything else i didn't have to sit in that moment with those feelings and those emotions and that's been one of my challenges is now when the emotions do come, because it's almost like I, I, I think that like my emotional development is probably stunted by going through all of this, that I can get really, really strong, overwhelming, you know, emotions. Instead of having like a normal adult response, I can almost have like an adolescent, like I want to throw a fit response when it comes to some strong emotions. Like and I have to be take it like you're saying, like, take that moment to be like, OK, where is this coming from? Take a deep breath. Like, just think about, like, why are you getting into this place? Like, what is this place like for you? Like, think, feel it through instead of trying to find a way to run away from it. And I I think there's, you said that, you know, like, you run away from your emotion, you know, you run away from all of those confrontations your whole life. And I think there's an irony to the fact that there are those of us out there that we run so far from our emotions that we build these bodies that can't run at all. You know, we, we're, metaphoric, we're metaphorically running, but physically, if we had to run, we're not going anywhere. You know, that's not going to happen. You know, that's not going to happen. And, it's, and it's, it's like this physical, and, and it's like, you know, when we talk about different levels of addiction and different types of addictions, like, you can have an alcohol and a drug problem, and for the most part, that can be hidden, you know, and you can even have some e- eating disorders that are hidden. But when... It, It's binge eating or compulsive eating or overeating. We wear that addiction, so it not only is about like how it physically manifests for us. It's how the world perceives us and how the world interacts with us. And like, you start to have all these different levels to it that you have to start to peel away as you're literally peeling away the weight and realizing, you know, you were saying like when you first started talking to the therapist, like what is she going to judge you for? And like, I think we get into that place of like how are we perceived because we go through so many years of being just perceived for our surface level you know being bullied being being kept out of things being held back being passed over and it, that becomes a part of your identity and like you start to build that identity around your size and your life as it is and like i have talked you know pretty openly on this show like i know who i am as the fat guy i know who that mike is i know who that Gourmet is but i don't know who i am right now You know, and that's what I'm learning. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, and I'm okay. And I had to at first be okay with not knowing the answers to all those questions right away. And that's a scary thing because I think we're supposed to, especially, you know, you and I were both in our 40s. You're supposed to have everything figured out. Like, that's the expectation of society. You know, you should have all the answers. Everything should be laid out in front of you. And you should be, we should be getting ready to go down like the other side of the hill. And in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm just starting to climb that mountain, like I haven't even gotten to the top where I can figure anything out yet. And I had to be okay with that, you know, and and so I think that's a big part of this journey is like, finding out who we are when we're not, when these, these, these coping mechanisms and these tools that we've used to keep ourselves safe in a lot of ways, they become our identities, and they become who we are. And you eventually have to realize, okay, that's not who I am as a person. You know, it's a part of who I am, but let me go on this now secondary journey to figure that out as I'm doing these, making these changes to my body and to my eating and my relationships. And there's a lot more complexity to losing a massive amount of weight than just what's on your plate and just how you move your body. And when you when you just focus on one of those elements, it can be very easy to have the other ones not fall in line and not, you know, help you get to the point you need to get to. So, you know, it's great to hear that you're not just, I'm using this one tool right now. Like, it sounds like you've got a lot of different pieces in play that are helping you move yourself forward. And that's really good to hear, man.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and you talk about, like, you know, the uncertainty of things, like, and, uh, you know, I'll go back to the eating with that, like, control. To realize, like, you're not really in control of anything but you can't control like what you're putting in your mouth that was the only control i had in my life that was the one thing that i knew like i control because everything is uncertain and and i've also you know been dealing with that in therapy is like the unknown you know people keep asking me what are you going to do when you lose all this weight and if if you would ask me this question and when I started this, the second half of my journey in 2015, I guarantee you I could give you a list of like 30 things. And that, and now, I don't know. I have some ideas and some things I I would like to do. Like one of them is I want to hike the Appalachian Trail, start to finish, straight through. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But there, you know, there's some things that I would like to do. But as I lose weight. I'm finding that the things that I thought I wanted to do, I don't want to. I don't, I don't care about things anymore. And it's just, it's the little things of like, oh man, I had to buy some smaller t-shirts. That, that was never on my list. Like, you know, fitting in a booth. Like the other day I went to a place and I just sat in the booth, like it was nothing. And I was like, wait, what, what just happened there? That is so weird. And again, like you know, it, it, it's it's little small things like that that are not on the list. It always looks at the at the grand thing. Uh, but yeah, it's like you know, it's it's the whole control thing with me. It's like you know, I don't know what my future is going to lead to. I have some ideas. Uh, I do have some goals, but you know, as you said, like you feel like you haven't gotten to the mount. You know, the the top of the mountain yet i have a different perspective on that is i'll never reach the top of them and because they're to me i don't i don't want to reach the peak cuz i feel like the peak is going to continually change it, it it's always it's going to be uphill and i'm an addict it's going to be an uphill battle for the rest of my life and i and i know that but you know do i do i want to get to the peak i i don't I don't think I want to get to the peak because to me, then that means I didn't achieve everything that I could have achieved. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Like it's, it's just like, it's about for me now, I used to say this and I never really believed it. It's about the journey. It's not, it's not about the destination. Like I used to always say that I'm, I'm wonderful at giving, uh, I can't even talk giving, uh, cliches i'm great at that and i didn't believe them half the time but this is like one like it's not it's no longer about like getting to the peak for me it's about what happens from here for the rest of my life and what do i control what do i not control and being and being really okay with things i can't control uh that that's a that that was a huge one in therapy for me as well just getting over the unknown i don't know what's going to happen and I mean, it's funny that I, I focus on certain things like, you know, I could die driving in my car every day. I don't even think about that. Like, it, it is so funny, like the little things we do every day, we don't think about that are so out of our control that that is just normal. But like, you know, other things that we feel like we need to control, we, we can't control. <laughs> and they just consume us
0: uh, and that's what it really is like we we uh, we put so much energy into these things that we can't control whether that's through stress or through trying to control them and it's when you can come to that place of peace with it and realize okay i really don't like i'll be i'll be 100 honest with you like i you know with everything that's going on in the world right now like i i feel very uncertain about a lot of things like in terms of you know what's happening with my work and what's happening with where I live and all of those pieces. And I've kind of had this moment this morning where I'm like, if something changes, something changes. Like all I can control is how I'm going to respond to what happens. I can't control getting, getting anxious before something happens or getting upset about it before it happens. Where does that get me? Where does that, what benefit does that bring to me? And I, I think you hit on something like, I think as as, you know, self-identified addicts, like, it's it's very easy. Like, I think one of the reasons why I can say for myself that I my weight loss journey has so many hills and valleys is because I used to think about there being a finish line. I used to think about there being like, okay, you know, it's, I, I hit this point, the scale says this, I can take the fat hat off and I can just move on with life. And I'll just be a normal person and I'll just move a quote unquote normal and I'll just go on and I'll do what everyone else does. And look, everyone else is at the, the food court at the mall, you know, shoving Taco Bell and Sparrow into their face like I can do that, too, and I'll be fine. And I, I had to come realize to. that, you know, there are going to be things about my life that are never going to fit that definition of normal. And that has to be OK. You know, it has to be OK that to, to some extent there will always be there will need to be vigilance and there will need to be struggle. And that's not only okay; like that's a good thing to be aware of. Like it's a good thing to know that you know you've got different challenges and that you've got things you're working towards. Because complacency, I think, is is dangerous, especially when you're dealing with someone uh, that has any kind of addiction. Like that complacent place is somewhere where the 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 dark side of things can start to come into play again because you're you kind of let your guard down and you let your. I don't want to say. Cause I think there are many times in my life where I'm comfortable. I'm not saying that I'm not comfortable, but I'm saying that like, I have to be aware of the choices I'm making and be aware of the things that I can control so that I do do that and not abdicate that responsibility. Like, don't try to control the things that you can't, but don't ever just let go of the things that you can control.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you right there, man. It's uh. You know, and you said it best. It's like, you know, what, what can I do? Well, how how can I respond to this situation? And, you know, I'll even go a point further where to say it's okay if you get angry. It's okay if you get anxious. It, like, it's okay if you want to run. All these feelings are totally okay. Like, we're humans. We're not robots. I've wanted to be a robot my entire life. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I was like, man, I just wish there was a pill they could give me where all my feelings would go away. But, but now like to like to think about like, man, to that's not even like living to not feel anything. So, you know, in order us and for us to know what love is, we have to know what hate is for us to know what happiness is. We have to know what sadness is like, life is a constant struggle because that's the only way you grow as a person is to go through the struggle if if it was all like sunshine and rainbows i mean would we even know like wh- what would even be the purpose of like that feeling of like accomplishment you wouldn't even know that feel like one of the greatest feelings ever is accomplishment to like man i fought through some stuff and i and i did this like when i walked that 5k couple weeks ago, I had no intentions of walking a 5k at the time. Like, you know, and again, in November, I couldn't walk 30 feet. So I'm sitting there walking the mile. The the course is like 2.6 miles or something. And I was like, I'll walk a mile and turn around. But I kept going. And I started thinking about like, God, man, like (laughs) I was in rehab less than like five months ago. I couldn't walk 30 feet and here I am at two miles here. I'm at two and a half miles here. I'm at at three miles. Oh my God, I am getting ready to walk a 5k. And the emotions that came over me, like it was, it was so amazing to like, man, I did that. I just did that. I never thought I was going to be able to walk that far again after what I went through last year. And, and I enjoyed it. And I, and I, like, I enjoyed the moment. I didn't need food because that's another thing. Any emotion with food, happiness, sadness, anxiety, all of it, I would run to food. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of us do that. Even with happiness, you don't even, like, you know, joyous times and celebrations. What's there? Food. And, like, to, to be able to live life and experience all that. Is is amazing now, and and I still have my days. I still have some really. I don't like using bad and good, but I, you know, it's the only way some people hear it. But I still have bad day. I you know I still have bad days. I have days where I'm like, man, I don't want to get out to bed today. You know what? Some of those days I don't get out the bed because that's just what I need to go through. And at the same time, know okay, if this is what I'm going to do, if I'm going to stay in bed all day today. What other steps can I take to make sure I don't go down this slippery slope and just like start eating food that isn't good for me? I'm like, okay, well, I control, I control lay, laying in bed all day. This is my choice. I'm making this choice. I'm also going to make the choice to eat well today. So it's like I'm allowing myself to have some, some, uh, uh, something that doesn't really serve me because laying in bed like all day kind of I guess maybe it serves me in some aspect but it's, you know it's not the life that I want to live so it's like okay I'm allowing myself this but I'm not going to allow myself that so it's still you know being in control of of some things and in some days man let's be honest you just need to lay in bed all day like I I feel like with all this Stuff going on with coronavirus and all the uncertainty of what's going on, everything being closed, like talking about a nationwide lockdown. There is going to be a lot of people struggling with mental health during this time, and not not even you know like eating disorders or anything like it. Just totally in mental health, it's just like, and and you know if, if this would have happened four or five years ago, man, I had a totally different response. I'd have. I mean, I know I'd be eating everything under the sun and, and freaking out and watching the news 24 hours a day. And now, you know, it's like, okay, well I can, I can take the measures to to try not to get this. I'm still going outside. I'm, I'm not in public. I'll go for a walk by the river. There's hardly anybody out. And maybe that's not the right thing to do, but I need to be outside. Uh, for my own mental health, and you know, I I can just do what I can to not get this. And if I get this, like I'm living on, I feel like I'm living on borrowed time. Like I feel like I I shouldn't have made it to to forty, what two years old, six hundred pounds. I should not have made that. So I'm living on borrowed time. So if if you know if this happens, this happens, and and I, I can't I can't control it. I can only can control so much i mean i might stay in my house all day and uh, a tree might fall in the house and kill me you know so it's like i can't there's just so much i can't control i can only do what i can to help my situation and and to understand like getting little pieces of what it feels like to to actually live my life again i shut down so many years ago like, you know, I became Richard the fat guy. Like, uh, no, I don't want to go to the restaurant. Uh, I don't really like that place. When in reality, I was scared of there only being booths. What, how big was the bathroom? If there was chairs, was I going to break them? Cause I broke a few restaurant chairs before in my life. And, and, you know, you just, you know, you kind of learn that, uh, that, that, and it, it and that's another thing of like not being honest and and open with people. And I think more people would understand if you were to say, "Look, I would really love to go out to this restaurant with you or, or whatever," but I'm I'm like I'm scared. Like the chairs aren't going to hold me. I'm scared it's going to be like a tiny bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm scared there's only going to be booths where instead of just going, "Ah, I don't like that place. I don't want to go. And then, you know, you say no enough times people are going to stop asking. But I think there's so many people who have never dealt with the weight that we have, you know, being morbidly obese, that they don't even, they don't even understand, like the thought of breaking a chair to them. But what, what, there's like, you know, me and my therapist has talked about that about things like she has no idea about what runs through my brain from being this big. And, uh, and, and it's just, it's just so funny. So, so again, that's like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to expose that feeling. You just want to make a quick excuse and, and just to get past it and hurry up, let's move on. Let's move on. Like, I don't want to talk about this. Well, anymore. I think and cause no oh God, I
0: don't want to cut you off. No, I was no, going to say ahead, like go ahead, go no, ahead. I think I, don't, I, don't know well, I, I think you're hitting that. on something like I I think this is like because let's be realistic like if we every time like when we were you know that big you know if cuz I did the same exact thing with friends and family and avoided situations because I was worried about fitting or the walking or you know not traveling because I knew I couldn't fit in an airplane bathroom like all of those things like if instead of saying I don't feel like coming out tonight or I have other plans I were to have said, well, I can't go to that restaurant because I don't fit in any of the seats at that restaurant. One, that opens me up to the reaction that they're going to have, but on a bigger level, on a bigger level, it makes it a reality outside of myself. You know, I, I think we get, we get very good at like coping in ways like we build these, these small worlds for ourselves and we build our rules and we allow it to take up so much space in our heads, you know, that planning like I know you know what that's like like I remember like when someone would say you know okay we're gonna go we're all going here as a family you know on this night and immediately you're like okay let me jump online and see if there's any pictures of the inside of that place and let me see what I can see you know let me and I even (laughs) I get to the point that I would I mean I had places you know when I knew like I would I would kind of go online and look and I mean, luckily, also, there's actually forums of fat people out there talking about some of this stuff. Like, so you'd be like, has anyone been to this place? Like, yeah, no. like, and I would also I, I remember a couple of times where I would actually call the restaurant and, and almost and of course, I'm like pretending like I'm using like a different voice because like they're going to know who I am. Um, <laughs> you know, could you right. tell me about the seating in your restaurant? You know, oh, well, you know, yeah, we're mostly booths. I'm like, OK, thank you. And like, but you have to like, think about those things because at the end of the day, like, well, how do you like, I think there's people like they, they get having food issues. They do understand it. They understand having an eating disorder. They understand having a food addiction, but they don't understand the physical, the fact that like we've, you know, we've used food and, and our, our eating issues have become something that have given us, whether it's temporarily or permanent, a disability that you have you have to plan and adapt for and you have to you have to figure out how you're going to do it like i i love going to disney world i love the disney parks i love all of that and when i was at my biggest when i would go i would often go either with friends or i would go alone because i knew i was going to need to rent a scooter because there was no way i could walk the park but i wouldn't go with with family because I didn't want them to see me to have to do that. I didn't want to, you know, open that door to them because I knew then there were going to be other discussions that were going to happen. You know, I knew other things were going to, you know, or I was going to have to face things that I didn't want to face. And so I remember there would be times where we would be like planning family stuff and they're like, well, let's go here. Let's let's go to Disney. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's not a good time of the year to go. Like, you know, I would try to like talk them out of going somewhere that I loved going. Because I didn't want to have to face the reality. I didn't want them to have to see what that what my life was really like because they only saw it in bits and pieces. They I didn't want them to have to see what it was like twenty-four hours a day because then I would have to face it. You know, it's easy it was easier for me to hide it when I wasn't putting myself into those situations with them. And I think we get into that place and I and I think what people don't realize too is so when you do make changes and you start to lose weight, I mean you're you're now you're what are you about two hundred and sixty pounds down from the heaviest you've ever been, somewhere in there, somewhere, yeah, somewhere in there jake. yeah somewhere. I know around and it, we yeah. we, yeah. we talked uh-huh. you know you mentioned yeah. earlier we yeah. want to be exact with numbers. Well, and it's funny because there's another <laughs> there, there's another guy out there a pretty famous you know weight loss guy Vinny torterich and he talks about when he when he talks to his his clients about their their weight loss and he's like well what did you weigh this week and they're like two fifty four point seven, and he's like. He's like, yep. just say 250. <laughs> and it's like, no, 254.7. I am down 0.77 pounds this week. Like, it's important. Numbers become very important to us when we're thinking about like weight loss and weight gain. Um, but I, when you move out of that place of having to try to make yourself fit into the world and you realize that you can fit into a booth or you can buy clothing or you can. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, the very first time I went to buy clothing at a Walmart, and I sat in the dressing room trying clothes on, and I lost it crying because I could do it. And I immediately was like, I'm sitting here with a, a shirt that's $10 and pants that are $15. Like, it's like... (laughs)
1: like i'm like
0: you have got to (laughs) and i think i i think honestly i think i spent two hundred dollars that trip but i basically replaced my entire wardrobe and it's funny because people are like you're excited about shopping at walmart for clothes and i'm like you don't understand what it's like to i either for most of my life only have one store i could shop at and for a fair number of years have no store I could shop at. I had to order the clothes online because there was nowhere nearby me to actually buy clothes that were big enough. Like, so you had to hope.
1: Dude, I've been buying, I've been buying clothes on King Size Direct for like
0: so long. And you know, like let's talk about (laughs) like King Size Direct sizing. They think that your arm length and arms grow the same as the rest of your body does. So you get those shirts and you're like, Wow, like these sleeves are down to my ankles because like and then you have to imagine, (laughs) is there someone in a factory like cutting cutting the pattern for that clothing being like who there is a giant out there? Why I (laughs) am this person with all with these extremely long arms? How would like or they make like, let's be realistic too. like, you know, you know, when you're when you're an ample gentleman, your girth is three dimensional. You're not just a flat plane. So when yes. they would take like their t-shirt sizes would go bigger, they would just make them wider and not longer. So eventually yeah every 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 t-shirt
1: every t-shirt it, it, I buy is
0: long like. It has to be because, because if reason. you don't they they just become very <laughs> wide crop tops. It's like okay, like yes, yes this can fit around <laughs> my chest, but you don't understand that when I have an 84-inch waist <laughs> that the shirt is going to spread out and not go all the way down. Like, let's like, I just really wish, like, (laughs) I I would love to go to like their headquarters, king size headquarters one day and be like, I need you to do some biometric scans, like some do some take some pictures of actual large men that are buying your clothing. Please, please. This is not like, like, they literally are like, I feel like they, they took like Microsoft paint, like an image of a dummy. And they right click the bottom corner, and they just drag it. And they're like, okay, that's a bigger size. Uh, yeah uh, Okay, four pic- four pixels, that's a bigger oh, yeah. size. And like, but you know, like, so you order your clothing online, you hope that when it arrives, it's actually yep. what you ordered. Because I remember back in the day, King Size would send you just the wrong things. And you're like, this is not at all what I ordered all the time, all literally the time. all the time. Like, I'm pretty sure they had a yep. warehouse full of like, um squirrels, trained squirrels that like, were supposed to go and pull bags out of a bin yeah. and didn't. <laughs> and you, I'm sure you also remember, because yeah. you're old enough, like, it also used to be, it would take two to three weeks for an order to process. There was no, there was no oh, expedited God, yeah. shipping. There was no Amazon Prime. There was none of that. So it was like, okay, I have to know I'm going to need new clothing months in advance. I'm going to have to hope that, and then it would arrive and you're like, I paid $55 for this shirt. And it literally feels like a napkin they stapled. like the quality like
1: yes i know and and it's up to my belly oh
0: and i look (laughs) like a fool um fan freaking tastic this is great (laughs) the this is great i'm pretty
1: yeah i mean you know that we used to have uh what was the uh the store uh direct no not um yep casual mail like at least those were some stores like you could go in and they would have up to like I think they would have up yeah, to like schedule, 6X yeah. Maybe. Even when they
0: became DXL at first, so, it was six X they would carry in store, yeah.
1: Yeah, so like I could at least go in there and get some stuff, but I mean at one point my yeah. guy like, got up to eight X and and uh you know, king size direct was the only place that you could go and and nothing like you said, nothing fit right. It 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 kind of ridiculous on what they sell and so yeah, I uh, I ordered some shirts off Amazon the other day. That was nice. Um so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that day where, where I can just like, oh, you know what? I need a t shirt. Let me go to Walmart or Target. Right. Get a and t-shirt it, it's,
0: and, and the, not to, you know, I wasn't meaning to kind of send us off on this tangent about clothing, but the point, the point is that like you, you, you free up so much space in your, your head when you don't have to worry about those things 24 seven anymore. You know, when it's not, when, when you can agree to plans because you don't have to think, Can I park somewhere close enough so I can walk without being out of breath? Like, is there a bench I can rest on? You know, is there this? You know, will I be able to fit in the seating there? Like, am I, can I go, like, go to a theater? Like, can I, you know, I mean, luckily, I mean, a lot of movie theaters have started doing Raisable Arms, which is like a fantastic adaptation. But like, you, you get invited to go to like an old school theater and you're like, can I even get into a seat? Like, what do I do? Like, how do I handle this? Like, what do I... You know, what are my options like having to call like I remember just many times having to call a theater and be like, do you have any seating for big people? Like, what do you do? Like, what what do you offer? You know, and they would be like, well, we have we have a limited number of like extra seats in the back that we you know, they sell out early like X, Y and Z. Like, this is how this gets. This is how this has to be handled. So you had to you had to spend all this energy. Adapting to the way the world is and like there's something to be said for when you don't have to do that anymore. And, you know, I, you know, like you said, sliding into that booth, like there's just more and more things like that coming for you, man. And I'm just really, you know, excited for, for those to be things that are down the down the line for you.
1: Yeah, me too, man. I, I'm just, uh, yeah, it's, you know, just all those little things. Like, you know, I went to a concert last year up in D.C. with a friend and, uh, you know, I, I did the same thing. Like I got on the website. I was like, oh, man, there's like no seating. I'm going to have to stand this entire time. It, it was like so brutal. And I, I haven't been to a concert since, but you know, and obviously the, there's going to be no concerts anytime soon. I was going to hope to get one this summer, but uh, maybe things will change by the summer. But uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like looking forward to go to a concert and be able to stand for like two hours and not be pouring of sweat. <laughs> and like the just from the pain of standing it's like people, you know, just standing sometimes.
0: just like, so Well, painful. I mean, I don't think they they don't realize that like standing was painful. Sitting was painful in some seats like, you know, what not just because the arms of a chair were digging into your thighs to the point that you had permanent bruises, but just depending on the angle of like the chair you're sitting in, like is your is your stomach pulling down on your back to the point that it's causing back pain? Are you on an angle where you're now your legs are falling asleep like? There was just a lot of adaptations that needed to be made that people just don't think about and and obviously that's like one of the reasons why I started this show was for us to start opening that up, so more people know, you know what what those experiences are like, so that maybe they are interacting with someone and they might realize that there is something else, you know, going on for that person besides just what they see on the surface.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I, and I think you know even even us big guys who, who understand, uh, well, you're not so big anymore, but <laughs> but us big guys, you know, we, we've been through things and, you know, I, I think we're also like kind of guilty of, of the opposite of like, you know, seeing, you know, some, a skinny person out on the street and go, man, I, I just, I wish I could be that. Like, you know, not knowing that you know, they go to the gym an hour every day and, you know, they're eating, they track everything and they're like, they're just super, you know, into it. And, uh, yeah,
0: no, I I think you're, I th- th- no, I think, I think you're right. You're, <laughs> right. But
1: I think that's the only, yeah, I, I think that. so. Yeah. By you, you making this podcast, like, that's what I meant. Like putting it out in the world, people can actually like understand what it's like to be a big guy. Or just a big person in general. There's so many things, and you're talking about like sitting hurts, and and you know when you become so big, your your body anatomy changes, and and things don't work like they're supposed to work. And uh, you know I've noticed that a lot. Like when I walk now, like I'm I'm trying to change my foot position because my you know my feet were out a little because my legs would rub together, so I would learn to walk. So they wouldn't, and now they don't rub together as much. I'm trying to like have my feet straight. And when I walk with my feet straight, it feels like I'm pigeon toed. Now, it it just feels so foreign. So it's just you know, think little things like that. That when you get a certain size, it it's just hard. It, it's hard to it's hard to expect somebody to know what it feels like in your body unless they've they've been in it. So all you can do is is try to explain it as best you can and and hope they have you know some way of understanding of of what it feels like
0: we've talked about a lot man and 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 the funny the funny thing is i feel like there's a lot we haven't talked about yet like there's so much more so uh, you know we're gonna have to do a sequel at some point for sure um but one of the things i do want to talk about before we kind of get towards the end of this discussion is like so what comes next for richard like what are your what are your current goals like what are the things that are on the horizon for you like what what can people expect to see coming from you oh man <laughs> literally earlier i just said i don't have uh you know those things but
1: i i, I do i i definitely have they are some things there uh i i have i do have a weight loss goal that i would like to achieve i would like to get down to 250 um you know if it happens cool if i get if i get 275 whatever i'm fine but i would like to see 250 um i'm gonna start doing 5ks again i'm gonna you know, I was signed up for my first 5K next month. It's not happening, so I'm going to do some virtual 5Ks. Um, I I haven't really told many people this, so you're going to be like the first one to hear this that I'm putting out into the world. I have started a class to become a personal trainer, and i I feel like I'm I'm able to relate to people like me and you. Uh, so much more than, you know, your typical trainer. And because, you know, this weight loss surgery has been, uh, such a big moment in my life. I, I would really love to specialize people through the process of weight loss surgery. Um, you know, because I do see a lot in the weight loss surgery community that, that attitude still of the quick fix, this is going to fix me. And, uh, you know, unfortunately the, the, the weight regain from weight loss surgery is, is pretty high from, you know, yeah. So I think, you know, I can bring my unique experience, uh, to this, to, to that. So that that's an ongoing process, uh, you know, a couple more months of that, um,
0: I think that sounds awesome, man. Like, I I think you're spot on with with your assessment of like what you'll be able to bring to that table. I think that sounds really great. Yeah,
1: I did a Google search one day, like here, like looking for somebody to help me. That's like, you know, kind of understands, and there's none. And I was like, well, wait a minute, be the change, be the change in the world you want to see. So, yeah, and then you know, it's just um, it's just live, li- you know, living day to day, man. Like, you know, I. I do things that people, you know, say I shouldn't do. I weigh myself every single day. I, I track my food every single day because it's what helps keep me on track. And, uh, I actually, I used to hate the scale. Now I love it every day because I see like literally overnight, I can lose like three pounds. And by the end of the day, like I've gained five. It's just so funny, like seeing how much that weight fluctuates and, and being like, I, I, the, the number means a lot to me, but it doesn't mean as much as it once did. When you're 600, 500, 400, 300 pounds, the number does represent somebody no much, no matter how much people want to say like, oh, you're, you're not the number on the scale. Yes. You're not the number on the scale. But there is a correlation between that number and health. So, but once you get down, you know, to like where you're kind of supposed to be, yeah. If you put on like thirty pounds of muscle versus thirty pounds of fat, yeah, like obviously that's way more healthier. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just you know, I I want to start riding my bike again, like do five Ks. We have a we have a ten K that they rescheduled for September. Hoping by then I'll be able to do that. Like I want to do a half marathon. I want eventually do a marathon. Hike the Appalachian Trail. Go to
0: Walmart and buy clothes. <laughs> so, see, so here you were saying you didn't have anything to list, right. and <laughs> we just—I just think we spent 17 minutes, yeah, <laughs> on that. So you know, yeah,
1: there, there, definitely, yeah, for sure, there, de- there's definitely, you know, a list of things that I would like to accomplish. However, I'm not. uh I'm not 100% set and like, this is, this is my list and I'm sticking to it. Like, you know, next week, the list could be different. So it's just fluid right now.
0: Yeah, And that's really the point. Like, I think it's, that was important for me to realize that my goals and my desires can change and adapt and adapt to the changes that I'm going through. Yes. And, you know, it, It's, it's all a part of that growth process, man. So I think you, you have your head on right about that. That sounds really great.
1: Well, thank you. (laughs) Definitely.
0: Well, Richard, I have had a blast reconnecting with you today. I think this has been really awesome. Um, so I do five questions at the end of every episode that I call the fat guy five, um, I'm actually going to be in process of changing what the fat guy five is. I feel like we're, you know, 50 or 60 episodes into the show. So you'll be one of the last to yes. answer the original, the vintage questions. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be one of the last. So are you ready for your, your go through the fat guy five? Let's go. Well, let's go. Here okay. we go, man. So living or dead, tell me who is your favorite fat guy?
1: Oh man. Oh, man. I forgot these were the questions living or dead. My favorite fat guy. Hmm. Oh, I, um, oh, I can't think of his name. Um, Jackie Gleason.
0: Hmm. Yeah. There's, I just, there's one that I have never had before. I love it. Yeah. I just, I love, uh, I love the movies he was in like, uh, yeah. Hey, there we go. There, I man. like it. I like it. <laughs> hey, there we go it is what it's out in the universe now man it's out there Yeah, it is out there (laughs) there we go uh question number two thinking back to your your bigger days what was your quintessential fat guy meal
1: oh pizza on top of pizza on top of pizza like literally like pizza was my go-to uh I would order it from whoever delivered. It would be a large pizza, some chicken wings, and some breadsticks. That was by far my go-to pepperoni, meat, all the meat, and I would throw, you know, throw some olives and you know some vegetables on there too every now and then
0: for health. Yeah, healthy it, healthy it up, healthy it. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Diet Coke yeah. always. Of course, of
1: course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. There we go. Question number three. So, Richard. Let's let's think about because this is something we really didn't even talk about today. Uh there's so there's gotta there's someone out there listening who is you when you were first getting started, you know, who is that 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 guy who's just getting ready to start his journey. What is your number one piece of advice to a fat guy out there that is looking to get his journey started?
1: Find a therapist. Like realize that there is a lot of issues behind why you're obese, morbidly obese, whatever. And that the only way you're going to be able to address it is to talk to somebody about it, not a friend, not family, somebody who has no skin in the game whatsoever. And you can say whatever to them eventually. (laughs) And, and, and just, yeah, I just find a therapist and find the reason why. That's, that's the biggest thing. Like it's not, it's not just the food. It's no, it's never just the food. I mean, there's the dopamine thing we talked about, but it's never just the food. So that, that would be my advice. Find a therapist. And one that deals with weight, with, with, with food addiction issues, not just a run of the mill therapist.
0: There we go. I like it. Question number four, what book? YouTube channel, podcast, resource, influencer, educator. Do you recommend to people that need motivation?
1: Well, let's see. <laughs> Ooh, don't know any books. Uh, obviously, the Fat Guy Forum podcast would uh, be a great resource. Um, well, honestly, it is because, you know, I've listened to a couple of your episodes and, you know, I don't I sit here and, you know, toot your horn or anything. But, you know, they're, you, you're, you're, you're different. You're, you're not like all the other weight loss shows from people who, you know, lost 30 or 40 pounds. Like you've, you've been there and you get it. And you're, you're, uh, you're willing to talk to people who are either there right now or have been there as well. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it depends, you know, just go uh, go on YouTube and just search and just see, see who you resonate with. I mean, I used to love watching Steve cook videos. Like he would motivate me. And uh, once he got on the biggest loser, my, my mind kind of changed about him. Uh, some, so, and, and even, and, and this is the, the most important part. People only show you what they want you to see. So, you know, as far as like following people on social media, always be aware of like, They're just showing you what they want you to see. And, you know, a lot of us only share the good times. I I do my best to share the bad times, too, because we all know it's not sunshine and rainbows. So, you know, just search and, you know, I don't I'm not a book reader myself, so I can't help you on that one. But, uh, you know, yeah, just just read, read and look at stuff and
0: see what resonates. There we go. I like it. Read and look at stuff. Read and look at stuff. Yep, I like pictures. There we go.
1: <laughs> there's, there's,
0: that, that right there is going to be, that might be the title of the episode. Read and look at stuff. I like it. <laughs> oh, Richard man. R- Richard, Richard's advice to you is read and look at stuff. <laughs> I like it. I like oh, it.
1: Oh, man, this has
0: been a long there conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it has been. It has been, man. Here we go. So we're, we're to the last question, though. We're down to the last one. Richard. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness or weight loss related? Wow. I,
1: I don't man. I don't know. That that's actually uh that's a really a really difficult question because you know, like I can say shop at Walmart, but that's weight loss related. Like, you know, get my personal training certification, that's fitness related. I don't um Man, I don't know. I, f- I feel like uh, for me that that they're all related to everything I do right now. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's I think a tough that's question, okay. man. It,
0: it is, it is, and it's meant to be that. It's meant to be that tough question, you know. And I think it's okay to say that, you know. I'm not sure, you know, you're not sure what your answer to that will be. I think I think it's something to get people to think about, you know, that whole that holistic side of everything. You know, like it's good to it's good to have, you know, but I, I and honestly, though, I do think I I think the the training certification is because I think w- when I think of this question, I'm thinking about the, the person's personal health, fitness and weight loss. Oh,
1: okay. I think
0: that I think that is a goal that you have that is about kind of transforming your experience into something that becomes a tool for other people, and I think that is a I think that's an admirable goal, man. So I I think that one is your answer. You know, awesome. whether you're ready to have that be your answer or not, or not, <laughs> is your answer for that one. So, hey, man, I
1: just read and look at stuff. Huh, read,
0: know? read, read, look at stuff, and get certifications. There we go. I like it. I like it. Cool. So, Richard, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate the deep dive that we we took into this. I think we really went into another side of, of what it means, you know, to be morbidly obese and to deal with these addictions. Like I, I think we had a really great conversation. So I think people are going to get a lot out of this. If they do want to connect with you, how can people find you?
1: Um, right now I'm just mostly on Instagram, um, at raw underscore V S G underscore strength. And yeah, that's it. I had a website, but I'm, kind of took that down for right now so yeah cool
0: well i will definitely put a link to your instagram in the show notes today man again thank you so much for coming on um i hope that you're doing well in your quarantineville and i'm doing well up in mine and we're all going to get through this and again let's let's remember what we can control and what we can't control about all this It's, it's a good time for us to keep that in our minds man so i appreciate you sending that message today
1: Absolutely. I appreciate you have, for having me on, Mike. Uh it's been good. It's been good to catch up. It's been a while and uh yeah, I, I feel like we just scratched the surface here.
0: We definitely did. So you'll definitely be you'll definitely be coming back. We'll we'll set that up, especially when this the, the way things are going in this time right now, you know, you never know when we'll have enough time to, you know, we'll we'll find some more time soon. I'm sure to to get a sequel. Exactly. Get a sequel going. Yes, Unexpected sir. sequels of 2020. You yeah, know, there we go. <laughs> So everybody out there, I know if you're especially if you're listening to this in real time, this is a a challenging place for us all to be in. But there are still ways for you to do things every day that amaze yourself, even if that that just means getting through a day with your thoughts. Um, So do something today to not just amaze yourself, but take care of yourself and the ones that you love. And we will catch you again. Oh, actually, wait a minute. I'm Gourmet. I forgot to say that. I'm on Instagram. You can get me Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, or you can email the show at the Forum at gmail.com. Don't forget to uh, like us and rate us and everything on iTunes if you use that platform, yada, yada, yada. Got to do the shilling like that. Um, so share the show with a friend. This was a really great episode uh, with my friend Richard. And just remember, do something amazing today because you all are amazing people, especially if you're listening to the Fat Guy Forum. Come on, you're the best audience there is on the interwebs. Take care of yourselves, y'all. We'll see y'all again real soon.